Welcome to this science podcast by Adiseo. Hello, I am Dr. Dan Lucchini from Adiseo here with Guilherme Bornham. We're, we're visiting with Dr. Nancy Whitehouse from the University of New Hampshire. Nancy, take a minute to tell us about the mycotoxin research that you share at the 20, 2021 annual meeting at, of the American Dairy Science Association. Um, thank you, Daniel, for this opportunity to talk about my research. Um, so mycotoxins are out there. They're in our feeds, especially anything that's corn-based. And we know we're feeding them to cows, and we know that these mycotoxins, mycotoxins can have adverse effects, not only on production, but on overall health and reproductive function and so forth. So here at UNH, we decided we would run a trial looking at what effects mycotoxins had on production, along with some blood parameters and volatile fatty acid parameters, and what would happen if we fed a deactivator. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, and uh, what did you find? Uh, can you please share the highlights of your research? Yes, I can. So the deactivator that we fed was Unic. Um, so that was one of the that was what was fed. And we did here at UNH we did an in vivo trial using the 24 cows. Nine of them were cannulated. In in CERN. They used four dry cows, and then they took rumen from fluid from those dry cows and incubated it with the deactivator to see what effect it would have on volatile fatty acids. Now, I'm also going to bring in some research that I presented in 2020 at ADSA because it sets up the background for the volatile fatty acids. So in 2020, I presented more the milk, and we saw that as you went through the six weeks, that the trial was run, we didn't see influences right away from the mycotoxins. We saw them later, like around week five and six. So with dry matter intake, energy corrected milk, um, and some of the milk solids, we saw a decrease when we were feeding the mycotoxins. And then with the activator, we started to see those levels come back to control levels. Um, around week five or six. The other important thing when we looked at um, blood parameters, we looked at neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, and leukocytes. We didn't see any effect with the neutrophils, lymphocytes, and leukocytes, but we did see something going on with the monocytes. So we saw a decrease when we fed the mycotoxins, but with the deactivator at week six, they came back up to where the control levels were. And you got to remember, neutrophils are an indication that there's an infection going on in the body. So they're attacking anything that's creating an infection. So by bringing these levels back up, the cows can now fight off any other infections that could be going on. With the volatile fatty acids, we saw an increase back to normal levels at you know, going across those weeks with butyrate, isobutyrate, and isovalerate. Um, with the in vitro, they saw an increase when they were feeding the deactivator on propionate, isopro isobutyrate, butyrate, isovaleric, valeric, and they also looked at total branch chains. 
So this is telling us that even though we could be affecting those microbes, we're starting to see them come back to normal levels. This uh, really uh, is a very interesting work. Uh, obviously, uh, it's nice to see that uh, you were trying to assess not only what happened in vivo, but also in vitro, and looks like those uh, those uh, results match uh, and, and, and are, are in in, in with each other. So how do you interpret these results, Nancy? Well, looking at the monocytes that was going on in the first the first trial, first part of the trial I presented, and then looking at these volatile fatty acids, we know that feeding mycotoxins can impair those rumen parameters. Um, but by feeding the act deactivator, we're starting to see um, those micro microbes starting to shift back to what we would consider more normal levels, and that they're producing beneficiary metabolites such as butyrate and isobutyrate um, that can be used for milk fat. So this will um, create a better performance for the cows. We're starting to get those cows, if you've got mycotoxin load, we're starting to get those cows back to where their genetic potentials are. Thank you, Nancy. As they always say, cows don't lie. And uh, what the cows were uh, telling you in terms of milk production and composition, uh, you were able to also uh, dig in deeper, look into the rumen and to in vitro and to, uh, to be able to explain uh, how or why those cows uh, were responding uh, uh, much better uh, in terms of uh, milk production and composition. Now, Guillermo, uh, to for you and I now, uh, what, what does it mean to for dairy nutritionists and farmers? How do I how do they apply these findings? Thanks, Dan. Well, this trial brings a lot of information to to dairy farmers and nutritionists. First of all, it's important to mention that this research was conducted using naturally contaminated grains with fusarium toxins, and those are the most uh, common ones found out there in the field, and uh, the levels used are levels that we consider practical levels, not extreme. So the whole impact of those mycotoxins and how a product could uh, counteract those problems, it's extremely beneficial to, to our, uh, our farmers and nutritionists because it gives a practical information. So first, uh, if you look at how the mycotoxins are working with those in, on those dairy cows, we see this cumulative effect. So it doesn't uh, mean that uh, when you have a high load or moderate levels of mycotoxins that the cow, as soon as they eat it, they will have a problem, a health problem. They're going to be in a clinical uh, sick or something like that. It shows that the, the, the mycotoxins are cumulative. The cows are going to consume for a few weeks and after that, they're going to start to crash and, and show uh, the problems mentioned by Nancy. It's also interesting to look at that monocyte information that, that Nancy just shared with us. These uh, monocytes are directly related to the infection or uh, attacking pathogens or controlling infection, right? Um, it doesn't seem that on those trial, on that trial, that those cows were looking sick. However, they were less prepared to face a future challenge or a third party or a, or a bacteria or a virus challenge in the future 
because they have lower levels of monocytes when they are fed mycotoxins. And at the same time, when they were fed the, the activator agent, monocytes uh, came back to normal, so the cows were more prepared to face those challenges. So it's, in summary, it shows that the cows, when they are fed mycotoxins, they are less prepared to face infections. And of course, uh, overall uh, dry matter intake, uh, milk yield, and compositions overall are affected. And those effects are counteract by feeding a product such as unique, where you have a broad spectrum of approach with the repair of the mycotoxin damage and the toxification agents at the same time that will give those cows um, a better uh, a better way to control the mycotoxin challenges. So I think it's a critical uh, research and gives a lot of information to our farmers and nutritionists. Thank you, Nancy, for uh, uh, conducting this research. Uh, uh, very uh, uh, carefully thought, and uh, Guillermo for uh, your thoughts. Uh, for a closer look at Nancy Abstract, you are invited to visit www.adicio.com. Once on your site, you go to the Ruminant Section podcasts. Thank you. This concludes this science podcast by Adiseo. 